Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to Second Wind. Love having you here. I have a situation I want to share with you today. And many of you may be experiencing something very, very similar. Well, it's the decision about recovering from our community that I live in, which, I, you know, I'm in Texas, um, is re-entering after COVID-19. So we're, in, we're faced with the guidelines, which are wearing the masks and uh, six-foot distancing and then washing your hands. But I think of the, it, those are the most important are washing your hands, wearing the mask, and six-foot distancing comes in as the third runner. But anyway, I was invited to a garden party, and I didn't know what to do because I didn't know the size of the event. And it was very surprising, my emotional stress that I went through. Now, the thing we've come off of that I thought was so cool was that we were joined in the world by something that had affected all of us. Never before has there been such a condition that we have, that I have lived in and where we were all as of one facing the COVID-19, the virus. So, now we're coming off of that, I want to say unity, that's, that solid force that we're all together fighting this thing. And we're going to, we're going to win. And so now that we have started re-entering into our communities, I have experienced this. And I just want to share it with you because I think we will all experience it to some degree. While we were isolated, while we were uh, reacting and we were joined in, in the fear and we were joined in the overwhelm and it brought around needs to isolate and pull us back from our communities. So now it's kind of shaken our trust in the environment and it's shaken, it's, you know, re-entering from isolation has its own issues. So I... I don't want us to underplay the emotional stress that we are all going through right now. But when you are socially re-entering, you will also see another experience, another stressful um, decision-making. And so my thing with you is that I really think this is a time today where you need to sit down and actually decide 
where you stand on your reentering process. In Texas, I will say 50% of us are, are abiding by the guidelines. I would say the others have thrown fear and all hesitation to the wind, and they are moving forward uh, without using any the masks, the distancing, or probably even washing the hands, but maybe they're staying with that. So anyway, so that you can keep yourself out of so much stress, I think it's important to sit down and make that decision. Will I do what I believe is best for me? Now, what's best for me is not what somebody else will do. And it doesn't make them wrong necessarily that they chose that for them other than they could be exposing me to some, to some virus. But I really, there's some question whether you would even have the right. It's not worth it. You'll get in an argument. So don't go there. But anyway, I do want to encourage you to take the time and decide what am I going to do? What will I be willing to do to keep me in a comfort zone? I found myself at that garden party that I went to in stressful situations, being challenged by other people's feeling that I was being silly by wearing my mask. I found all of these judgments going on around me. And the only way you don't move into anger or fear or one of those other emotions is I think you must be pretty confident in the way you feel about it. And so I'm just trying to put a heads up out there for you people that will be re-entering into your environment. Make your decisions and know that it's okay to do whatever you choose to do. Don't be afraid and don't be a group follower if it's not what makes you comfortable. So that's all I want to do. Give you permission to be you. Believe in what you believe. I'm waiting to see the results of the numbers. And if I wait three extra months, that's okay. It's my months. And I hope that it flattens out. We never have a re, you know, a reoccurrence of the virus in the fall as there's sometimes some of the people in the know are saying. I wish for that. I hope for that. But the important thing today is make your decision. Now, <laughs> Having said that, and I hope you'll do that today for yourself, I have the perfect guest for you today because she is a lady that has also, we had such a good conversation talking about her re-entry on a social event as well, but she is so knowledgeable and she's going to address the aging population of which they have been greatly affected by COVID-19 and the, our aging population is certainly growing. What are the things we need to know when we enter into those years? And I'm there folks. So you're there if you're 50 or above. Actually, Kelly said, I mean, Holly said 45, but our guest, let me tell you about her because she's going to be really wonderful and very knowledgeable. So Holly Kelly is a gerontologist and a fellow in fellow in 
thanatology, and she's going to explain what those are, and an international and national multi-award-winning author of the Amazon bestseller book and number one release, Sunrises and Sunsets, Final Affairs Forged with Flair, Finesse and Functionality. Holly is also host of a popular globally syndicated Aging Gratefully radio show, awarded a top 15 shows on aging on the planet. Good job, Holly. Woo, woo, woo. Thank you. <laughs> and she is coming in at number six worldwide, so she has a huge following. And you will probably want to join that following as well. She is a cultural influencer and recognizes positive aging practitioner and expert on aging, end of life, and final affairs preparedness. She is also a transformational charismatic keynote speaker, bringing the enthusiastic perspectives to audience all over, encouraging them to love the Stage, S-T-A-G-E, therein. She's the co-founder, she is the founder of Later Life Planning Institute, and she believes everyone should embrace her company motto, to live vibrantly, plan thoughtfully, and age dynamically, <laughs> dynamically. Mercy, welcome Holly, we are so glad you're here today. Oh my goodness. It is with great pleasure to be on your show. You see the tongue twisters actually, um, if, if you can get through those, the whole rest of the show is, is so much easier, right? Well, I know some of those, some of those people out there that have listened to our shows for so much, for so long are, are waving their hands saying, good job, good job, good job. They have no idea the play on words that you just went through there on that on air introduction. Oh, well, tell us what gerontology and thanatology is. Mm -hmm. You did so good with that. Thank you. Uh, So a gerontologist is someone that uh, studies the problems of the aged and really looks at all of the things that somebody faces as they grow older. It could be social, psychological, cultural, physical, all of the challenges that somebody may encounter. And we look to circumvent them and find solutions for them. And a fellow in thanatology is a very difficult but so well worth it uh, certification that somebody receives through the Association of Death Education and Counseling. And it, um, is, it is credentials you to be an expert in uh, death, edu- um, death, dying, and bereavement, actually. And so very- I do a lot of work in end-of-life preparedness. Yeah, yeah. Um, We normally don't want to talk about that, but it can be so uh, actually almost beautiful if you get through all of the the stressful parts. You know, you make the decisions, you ease it for your family, and it can be a very uh, peaceful transition. But I'm curious, because you're a fairly young woman yourself, and... How is it that you got so interested in the aging process? You know, my grandfather was the most, perhaps, cantankerous individual on the planet. 
<laughs> and I absolutely uh, was somebody that I, I could contain him and I could get him uh, to, I could bring out the best in him. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just found that I had a way with him and I realized that I could do that with other people too. And when I had a consulting practice um, many, many years ago, people would call me and say, okay, I heard you're really good at what you do, but I kind of, I kind of feel bad because my, my father needs your, needs your services, Mm -hmm. but he's actually been, you know, kicked out of places. He's, Mm -hmm. he's really terrible. Like Mm -hmm. I feel bad asking you if you would see him because like, I feel like I'm doing something terrible to you. And I Mm -hmm. said, no, no, it would be my mm-hmm. honor. Send him. I'm fine with it. Actually, I, I welcome it. Please send him to me. I want to work with your father. And she mm-hmm. goes, no, 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 you, you don't want to work with my father. But, <laughs> and so, um, he would come in and I, I really meant it. I did mm-hmm. want to work with them. And so afterwards they would call me. She goes, are you a magician? Like, did you cast a spell on him? What did you do? Um, <laughs> And I so love that. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I, I just, I see, I see humanity in everybody and I, I don't know. I, I don't see old. I, mm. I see, I see people and I, I've always seen that, you know, mm-hmm. what a gift. That's a beautiful gift. I, <clears throat> my mother, um, was in a, senior living and then we we gravitated through all of the different living conditions for her and I was always so um, impressed by those people that had the gift of loving to be with the aged I mean they truly loved their job and it reflected in their day-to-day work with mother certainly and I just thought that is such a wonderful gift to give somebody because family members many times shy away or they see the worst in them and they that's what they experience so I mean my mother would be laughing and happy and (laughs) I'd watch and she had this one girl that just came and they loved their time together so anyway it's wonder I think it's a beautiful gift to have is what I'm trying to say yeah so I've enjoyed it so much yeah it's very enriching So the art of the aging gracefully, mm-hmm. I don't think anymore we think of aging. We certainly don't use it in in the esteem that it used to be. You know, some of our Asian countries and other countries, they tend to respect their elders so much. Mm. I think we've kind of fallen behind in that area. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, the art of aging gratefully. Now, as you, as you learned, um, from the tongue twister on air introduction, I love a play on words. Uh, mm-hmm. so, um, I, I actually submitted my word gratefully. It's G R E A T capital F U L L with a little Y. Yes. Um, I, I, I inspire and encourage my listeners, my clients, anybody that I come in contact to. To age great and full in the spirit of gratitude. I have ah. submitted this word to the uh, English Oxford Oxford Dictionary as an official <laughs> word. Okay, because I, I I don't I see it as actually different than gratefully and gracefully. Uh, yeah. I I want it to have its own kind of meaning. 
Mm-hmm. And um, what I see has happened, actually, there's something good that has come. Uh, if we can find some little kind of places, uh, little nuggets of gold that have happened out of COVID-19. And I really loved your introduction, by the way. So well done. Uh, very, very thought provoking. And I think it's so important that people do kind of uh, think about those things right now. Mm-hmm. But something that has happened is that we have found a little bit more of honoring of our older adults in society. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some great ways that people, even though there's been some spatial distancing and we haven't been able to be literally right in someone's space, there's been beautiful ways that people have stood entire families in the lawn with signs and the entire family has stood outside with each letter saying, you know, H-A-P-P-Y, happy birthday, grandma. And uh, they've stood yeah. outside windows and things like that. And so there has been love shared and there has been reverence and uh, there has been, you know, ways that we have emotionally connected from a distance. Uh, there's been ways that people have been able to, I think, reconnect more through video chats and things like that. And people are kind of finding their way back to a more family connection because Mm -hmm. we found ourselves busier. So I have liked what I have seen there, Mm -hmm. even though we're battling loneliness and isolation and things like that in other, in in pockets. And, and that is a real problem. So it just kind of depends on the unique situation of each individual and each family unit Mm -hmm. as to how that is. Same thing with finances. Some people are struggling and some people are okay. You know, we've got both ends of the spectrum. But definitely, yes. um, I even had a friend uh, share with me a couple days ago that they had a friend whose husband died. And uh, to support them, they they couldn't be with them. They could not even stand with them in the, they just had a graveside, but they all came and parked their cars. Oh, makes me sad oh. <laughs> to watch their friend go by just so they, she'd know she was supported. Isn't it's, that sweet? I, you know what? Oh, I mean, it, it, it is. And it's, it's so, it's, Everything we're doing right now is unprecedented, and we're having to find a a new way to honor, to navigate, and to be in life. Right. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the challenges that we have to face when we're growing older? Wow. That we all face. Just the top five. (laughs) Okay. Well, the top five, honestly, we need to put ourselves at the top of the list because we can actually be public enemy number one to our aging journey. And so we need to be very careful about how we navigate our own mind uh, moving forward in our aging journey, because we can be our worst person when it comes to turning ageism towards ourselves. Oh, my goodness, I'm getting so old. Oh, my aching back. Oh, my body doesn't work like it used to. Those sorts of things. I mean, just ask and you shall receive. Aching back, going to ache, getting old going to feel old. And so I tell people, I know it just sounds so trivial and it just doesn't, it seems, you know, like it's not a big deal, but it's a very big deal. And so if you can just turn those things around, first be mindful of them and turn them around um, and just catch yourself. Uh, And that's the most important thing. And say, you know what? That really (laughs) is a tough one. 
It is yeah. uh, because we, we don't even do it on purpose and, and we don't know we're doing it. Right. And so, um, but if we do it, think about that our grandchildren hear that and they mm-hmm. go, you know what? Grandma says her back aches. So old people, they don't feel good. And mm-hmm. you know, old people, they decline and you know, old people, they just go downhill. We're sending a message that not just to ourselves, but we tell young people that life just gets worse and worse and worse. And so we need to be role models and we need to be a just signature vitality. And it's important because it actually illuminates to ourselves and those around us. And I just kind of feel like it's a boomerang effect. What you put out actually comes back. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the other the other thing is, is I think it's really important that we hang on to our inner child. We get really, really far away from that inner child. And so I think it's important that we don't, you know, life gets very, very interrupted along the way. And mm-hmm. so I think that we need to remember those things that gave us joy. And um, maybe we can't do all of the things that we used to do. Um, but if you were creative, I want people to still paint and I want people, you can get a paint, a a canvas and you can paint and and do things. And I want people to still use the creativity that they innately were born with in some form, in some way. And I want them to just keep doing and keep moving. Um, I want people to be relevant and I want them to volunteer at a kindergarten class or to do something, especially Mm -hmm. right now that's difficult. Um, But there's ways that people can continue to do that. Um, Well, they can go to a park and just watch them, watch children play if they're not around them. Yes. Wouldn't that be fun to see? Absolutely. Yes. That'd make you happy. (laughs) Very, very happy. Uh, So, you know, I think that we've hit on, I don't want to take up too much time with it, but I think that we've hit on that. There's, there's ways that you can stay vibrant and that you can remain active and, uh, to keep your mind sharp is very important. So think of things that you can do, palindromes, crossword puzzles, uh, things that keep you sharp. Um, just, you know, uh, things that make you think are very, very important. Well, I have a lot of, of, um, peer, girlfriends and they have some have decided to face the computer some have this message going on in their brain that says it's too hard and i think with they could be very active in the community but now because we now do meetings by zoom volunteer Mm -hmm. meetings and business meetings volunteer you know, so they have been required. Now they are challenged right now. And, you know, mercy me. When I started out, I was definitely challenged, but it's never been one of my things to stop. So I've not really, I get really frustrated sometimes, but, um, I think there are some really positive things that came out of the COVID experience that we do need to be thankful for and bringing that internet more into our family has in some ways really slowed our life down. You know, we're not running all the time. We're not going all the time. So I think that's a really good uh, thing that has happened with COVID. But aging too, that was the problem in aging. They kept telling themselves, I can't, I can't, I can't. Correct. Now yes. i I found my own transition with my mother to be just as you say here, aging is our fortune. 
Now, what what do you mean by fortune? Mm. So I, I think about, wow, aging. Think about long, long ago, our ancestors, even before our time. Okay, Joyce? Uh-huh. Think about when our ancestors, they were so excited and they came to a new land by train or by boat. And mm-hmm. it was exciting. And all of their possessions, their physical possessions, they crammed in this big, giant trunk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything that held meaning to them, they made sure it fit this trunk. And you you saw them. They were dragging this thing. They could barely pull it because it was, like, so big and it was clunky. This was well before the time that Samsonite hit the scene. There were no wheels. This thing was, like, so hard for them to manage. Yeah. Okay. So I say that we all kind of have this virtual, like, cognitive trunk that we carry around. And inside this trunk... Uh is like all of our life fortune. And if you open it up, you cannot imagine. We are like unbelievably surprised by what's inside. You open it up and we are just spellbound inside. We find all of our life bounty, our beads of courage are in there, our pearls of wisdom that we've accumulated, our emeralds of empathy, our crystals of compassion. And we just accumulate all these gems over time. And that's why I say aging is our fortune, because little by little, this trunk just gets filled up with all of these these virtual, amazing assets that we accumulate. Yes. The wisdom thing is really, um, I, I, for me, my experience with my mother is, as she aged and got closer to the end time, there was time to slow down, um, to actually share uh, simple things. The wisdom was there, but we weren't fighting for our own identity. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, there's like a, a peace or an acceptance that comes over and you get back to the basics. Just I call being that together. Just, I call that just being. And that's yes. beautiful to just be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. So, uh, yeah, I've never been reminded so much by my children of how old I am than this past three months. I mean, because I never think of my age. <laughs> how dare they do that to me? You know what? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I, um, my mother is coming up for our daughter's graduation, and I said, you know, Mom, I said, I feel like I need to get you here, like, because it's a 12-hour trip. And I said, I feel like, and she goes, wait a minute. I'm going to be on the tennis courts when I'm 95. You're a gerontologist and you're telling me that you need to take care of me. And she was offended. I said, no, mom, like, I mean, I just need to recognize that, you know, like you need, I need to watch out for you too. She goes, I will do that drive. Thank you. And I could tell, like, I was like, no, mom, I just don't want to overlook. Like, I don't want to act like you're 50. You know, it was just kind of funny. Like she was like, how dare you worry about me? I know. I know. know. It's pretty cute. Uh, Yes, it is, but good for your mother. She's standing up for her, you know, her. Yes, and here I worry that I'm not worried enough, you know? I know. I know. Yeah. That, that, that was so funny when they said that to me. And the, you know what they feared is that I wouldn't follow the rules. How dare them? I'm good at following rules. Well, yes. we're going to take a short break now. 
And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the aging, the the positive side of aging, and how we prepare for transition, which can be a beautiful experience if we just do a little prep. So when we come back, we will be talking, and and we will learn more. Holly will tell us more. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. Now, I know that you're loving this. Holly is giving us so much good information, basically reminders that we can, with age, we can get into some habits simply because a lot of the kids we hang out with are talking to the same game. They're talking because they've been exposed to people that are always naysayers or always say, well, I'm over 50, I'm over 60, I'm over 70, and I should be falling apart, which is not necessarily true. If you've been very good about acknowledging in your 50s and really directing yourself toward exercise, better food, and taking taking good responsibility for yourself. So anyway, Holly, let me go back to you because I really want us to share some more about um, the positive aging journey because it's so important. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Um, Positive aging actually begins at any time you decide. I mean, if you're 80 years old and you're listening to this show, positive aging begins now. And um, so you're never too old. It is never too late. And that is the absolute truth. And we talked earlier about keeping your inner child alive. Yes, I love that. That is so important because what you, what I asked the question, what would 110 year old you like to look back and see? And I I want people to really look back on that. And you want to see somebody that had a really great time. You want to see somebody that laughed a lot. You want to see somebody that their life held meaning Mm -hmm. and that you had experiences and that whatever you did, you did it with intention and you did it with meaning. So I tell people, and even in my book, Sunrises and Sunsets, oh, final, yes, tell us about that. Uh, final Affairs Forged with Flair, Finesse, and Functionality. Um, I know, I know, tongue twisters. Oh, um, just, just my alliteration will keep you young. Um, so, you know, I talk about 
have a bucket list. And a bucket list isn't this thing that you do for this far off time when the star and stars and the moon and the planets all align perfectly. A bucket list is not for someday. A bucket list is for today. Time is now. Uh, because you know what? We know all too, you know, familiar, especially in present times that Life is full of uncertainty. Wow, we get the lesson. I mean, you know, we are really good students at this right now. Mm-hmm. And so we we definitely need bucket lists to be always in, in happening. And, and we need them to be always growing. Mm-hmm. And a bucket list doesn't have to be a trip to a, a far off land. Bucket lists oh. can be simple things. They can be things that cost no money. And they can be extravagant things and they can be everything in between. The point of a bucket list is to have things in front of you that you are looking forward to. Bucket lists are like you as your seven-year-old self with your birthday party in two weeks and all your friends coming over. Mm -hmm. That's what the bucket list is. It's you excited, your youthful self excited. That's what a bucket list is. It's, it's purpose, you know? Um, and so we need a bucket list always. And when you check it off, I want you to already have the second one in place. So I talk about, (laughs) you know, is there a place that you've always, um, yearned to visit? Uh Is there a series of books you've wanted to read? Is there an adventure? Do you want to take cooking classes? Um, you know, do you want to just map off a, a road trip? Um, I have all kinds of ideas for people to say, well, I mean, I like the idea of a bucket list, but I'm not very creative and I have like no ideas. I have all kinds of suggestions here. Do you want to take cooking classes? Um, you know, so do you want to return to a place of your childhood? So we talk about all of that. Oh, Enough- yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yes. And so there's some exciting things that you can do. Now, let's say you say, okay, I'm broke. I have no money. That's fine. You know what? Go to your backyard, take a blanket, take a a basket, do some cheese and some grapes and, you know, dinner and go out there and, and map out the stars and figure out which ones you can identify. Do you know how much fun you'll have? Like it will be a blast. And so there's so much stuff that you can do for free. There's state parks near you that are fun. So just start creating the bucket list and you can put a whole lot of things on there that cost you nothing that, that involve things that are like literally right near you and available to you. Mm -hmm. The next part of, um, transitioning and, and enjoying and navigating your aging journey, it's really important to plan. So, uh, I got into, um, the planning facet of my gerontology work, because I uncovered this statistic that was just truly mind-boggling, and that is less than 30% of people are preparing for what 100% of us are going to face. And that wow. is our future, you know, our future passing. And Why do you think that is, Holly? Well, my studies revealed there were many, many reasons. Okay, oh, so yeah. um, a lot of people feel, um, you know, almost like there's this contagion effect Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, if I talk about death, it's too close to me. Like, Uh-oh. ooh, this, this is eerie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this, this doesn't feel good. This, I want to keep this at a distance because right. I don't like the feel of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there can be a breakdown in the healthcare systems where we know we need to do this, but we don't have structures in place as to how to navigate getting this from this point to the patient. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Um, there's also uh, the people that are more likely to plan for this are those that are at a crisis point, and that makes obvious sense. Yeah. Yeah. And go ahead. So this is in your book. This is the step-by-step tool. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have 12 steps that are outlined, and they're my steps that I've created because I went you know, beyond the like technical, and I went to the emotional, the spiritual, you know, oh. the very, very personal um, yeah. facets of the planning that I felt like I tried to overcome. I tried to really pinpoint why are people not doing this? First of all, it's not fun. And right. then the word functionality is a capital F-U-N because I said, I'm, I'm going to make this fun, you know, <laughs> yes. like, let me yeah. over, let me overcome that objection first and let me destigmatize death. Uh-huh. You know, let me, let me, let's, let's face it. You know, let's just like, let's get through this death problem first. And I thought, you know, I'll do that. And, and, you know, by doing that, I had to do it. You know, I had to say, okay, let me get through death here, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah. and decided that was important that I do that. Um, well, so. it's good to do it when you're not actually going through it, because of course, when you lose a loved one, there's so much emotion there. And so, it, that's a terrible time to have to make some of these end of life decisions. You know, you're already stressed. So I just think that your book would be such a valuable tool to at least get somebody to start thinking about some of these questions. I can't wait to get mine. <laughs> uh, yes. And your book is going out in the mail today. And I, you know, I even say in chapter 10 is your obituary. And I start out, if you say the word obituary very slowly, I think it sounds like, I bet you are weary, obituary. Ah, I love it. <laughs> you know, and I, I find that ironic because if you're writing an obituary and you just lost someone you love, uh-huh. you're very weary and you don't want to be writing an obituary. You aren't creative. You, This is the last thing you need to be doing. And so the gift that you can do for you and those you love is to do your advanced care planning. Yes. And, and so, you know, I've given people the tools so I wrote a poem. Um, if you don't mind, I'll share it with your no, listeners. Oh, love it. Love it. Um, so I thought, okay. I, you know, I thought, what is death? Like, what? why do people have a problem with death? And I thought, I don't know. Like, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to talk to death and see mm-hmm. what happens. And yeah. so I, I wrote a poem. Okay. I, I, I kind of wanted to, like, get to the get to the heart of it all. Yes. So it's called Dear Death. Uh-huh. Dear Dear Death, who are you? Why are you so cruel? Why do we call you other names? Is that our attempt to fool? Dear death, you are a gypsy. We never know where you will be. A nomad, a wanderer. When will you come for me? Dear death, are you our friend? Because we've never met. To me, you are a stranger that scares me half to death. Dear death, you are elusive and you're the one in charge. Will you come in the morning or will you wait till dark? Dear death, perhaps you are peaceful. You may be kind and fair. I have considered this, but I won't know till I am there. Dear death, you are a mystery and one I'd like to keep that way. Dear death, we haven't met, but I know we will one day. Mm, Very nice. (laughs) 
I like it. So, I mean, it's a mystery to all of us, uh-huh. you know, um, and we, we know it's happening. And the point of the, the entire process is that by the end of the book, people are like, okay, you know, I, I, I bought the book. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen, but I did know my life plan. Uh-huh. And, and then I got this book. Uh-huh. And I changed everything. Like we sold the house, we moved near the grandkids, like we changed everything. And so the book has actually, I thought if, if one person plans because I wrote this book, I'm happy. Right. Like yes. I, my work is done here. And I never expected for the book to do what the book did for people's lives. And I mean, it's been very heartwarming for me. Oh, well, I think it's a great tool. These are things that are really needed. It, it, is it like the obituary you give sort of like a mock-up or something? Yeah, it's kind of a hybridized book. It, it, it's a book, and it's got templates that you fill in. You fill in a family tree. You fill that in, like, what would younger you say to older you? Um, and, you know, what would you like um, to tell people? What is the advice that you would give to people? Um uh-huh. You know, it is so much questioning that the end, when you've answered all these questions, you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, I really know some things that I didn't know I knew. Uh, you've uncovered literally the best of you that uh, you had forgotten about. And you're kind of you are you are really, really living differently after you've worked the book. But the important part is also that your planning is done and mm-hmm. The peace of mind. You're mm. kind of you're kind of unstoppable after you've done the book. It's really cool <laughs> what happens. I never I didn't expect that from people. And the letters that I receive from people, I'm like, wow, I didn't see that coming. But it's super cool. Oh, Holly, that's wonderful. Now let's tell that lady out there that is jumping up and down wanting your book how <laughs> she can get it. <laughs> um, well, it's um, Amazon Prime didn't have some, but I think they just got some in. So uh, you can just type in my name. I think that's the easier way because nobody can remember the alliteration of yeah. the title. So type in Holly Kelly. It's H-O-L-L-E-Y, K-E-L-L-E-Y um, on your Amazon search. Mm-hmm. Um, and the book will come up. I know most people like Amazon and that is easy for me too. Yeah. Y- you can get autographed copies on my website. And you can do the same thing to get to Ladder Life Planning Institute. Just type in hollykelly.com with an EY, and that will take you to my um, Ladder Life Planning Institute. And you can um, get autograph copies there. But I recognize well, I that Am- Amazon's easier for everybody. So yeah. that's kind of where we often go. So when you refer to your email at Ladder Life Planning Institute, are you creating this as- Institute? Is this something you are the founder of? Mm-hmm. So I founded yes. the Ladder Life Planning Institute to okay. um, just, I do a lot of end of life consulting and um, helping people plan. I do workshops, um, keynote speaking, and um, speak at uh, gerontology conferences. And I really just try to make it fun because life should be fun. Um, yeah. I don't want anything to be ordinary. I, I, I I don't want, I don't want things to be mundane. I, I want it yeah. to be super fun. I want people to think differently about their aging journey. I want to really wake them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's spelled L-A-T-T-E-R-L-I-F-E-P-L-A-N-N-I-N-G Institute at gmail.com. It's a ladderlifeplanninginstitute.com. Mm-hmm. Did I say it wrong? 
Well, that's my email, but my um, website is ladderlifeplanninginstitute.com. Okay. Well, I had to share this because maybe you could use it, but I think I was studying during the time that my mother was passing. And somehow uh, she had lived in senior living, as I said, but she was 99 and a half when she died. So I'm going to hang around for a long time. You are? I had long jeans, old jeans. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, one of the... I don't know where I got this. Did I read it? Did I get it from a course? But I I saw my mother moving through a veil as if moving from one physical body in through a veil and moving into a different life, but it's different. And so for me, I can't tell you how that helped my grieving as I was going through. Because she was, you know, she had last stages of, uh, well, not last stages of Alzheimer's, but she was certainly beginning to have memory problems, Mm -hmm. far more than just memory. But it was just, it just, when I saw her in the new body, I just went, ah, that's so much better. (laughs) So much more fun for her. So anyway, it, it was, it was interesting the way it gave me so much peace. And I have no idea where I got it. Very comforting. And, yes. and I have heard uh, many similar stories where somebody has been able to experience that and it's allowed them to have some peace of mind, mm-hmm. you know, from, from a loved one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was wonderful for me. So, yes. mm-hmm. but anyway, so we're always looking for those. Now we've talked about the planning, but one thing I kind of wanted us to talk about is how you, because, you know, we, I hope we haven't talked too much about COVID, but I do think we need to talk just a little bit about how strongly it has impacted our older citizens, uh, that are really isolated in their living conditions, mm. even if they live at home, mm-hmm. unless they live with family members, but even in the, the senior living situations have been so isolated because you couldn't see if you were husband was on the other side and you were on this side of the building because of different needs, you couldn't even see your husband. So you go since the beginning of quarantine without seeing your husband and at an older age, that's huge. Wow. I mean, I'm shaking my head where to begin. And I mean, I know. It's oh my goodness. Question. Like, the healthcare workers deserve a medal. Oh my goodness. I mean, for going to work every day and providing, you know, just loving care that they have. Yes. So we could do an entire show on this. Um, right. so the challenges have certainly been, uh, fear, uh, and not, not knowing and when is it going to end and loneliness. So for those in an institution, I can't imagine, um, some who have a, a cognitive issue, uh, they wouldn't even know, uh, or understand. Uh, and you know, the shift and changes would have been so confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's affected, you know, for those in a home, um, you know, uh, loneliness, obviously, uh, they m- might have not been able to go out. It impacts their nutrition if they didn't have, and most didn't have their cupboards stocked. 
Mm-hmm. Um, stress would impact their appetite. All of the everything's going to impact, you know, their their mental wellness, emotional well being, uh, their physical health. Yeah, we've also lost so much connection element, like the things that really matter and that we treasure in our life, such as hugging. Uh, you know, it's like. Even smiling, you can't tell. I smile at somebody and I realize they don't know I'm smiling. I'm wearing a mask. You are so and then right. I go, I go to check out and I have this giant barrier of this plastic shield between, it's like a riot shield between me and the person, you know, plus I'm wearing a mask and it, it removes a layer of uh, conviality between ourselves and the other person. And little by little, our socialization and general hospitality feels more and more removed. So this new normal is something that I think that we're all trying to adapt to. And we are not there yet. And so, you know, I think that I think that a lot of people are feeling that they're powerless in a situation. And I think that that's been on a global scale. Yes. I think it's really important that everybody listening begins to, if they haven't already, to insulate themselves from being a sponge to the doom and gloom of data that they're receiving. Oh, yes. Good okay, point. Okay, they need to do that Always. because that is affecting your mental and emotional state of, of mm-hmm. you. And mm-hmm. so use the facts to arm you, not alarm you. Mm-hmm. you know, use them to empower you, not to devour you. That's mm-hmm. super important. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> You know, to to make good decisions, but don't let them get you really down in a bad place. I will say for those who actually had a pet, and I'm just going to use this because this is really important in the work that I do. Mm-hmm. For those that had a pet, they fared a whole lot better. And this is like people that are growing older and people of all ages. But pets, there's so many studies on this. Pets mm-hmm. are healthy for those that can properly care for them and safely do so. Yes. And so for those out there that are on the fence about a pet, if you had a pet and you were alone, you weren't alone. Yes. You weren't yes. alone. You had a friend. And mm-hmm. so there's just so many studies. Your insurance rates, when you get long-term care insurance and that little question, do you own a pet and your rates go down because you do, there's a reason. Really? For yes. I didn't know because that. Pets make you healthier. They get you out to walk that pet. Pets, there's studies that show pets make you live longer, okay? I mean, those feel-good endorphins, when you pet that pet, don't just feel good to the dog. (laughs) I mean, um, so it's just so important that there's so many things that we can do. And, you know, I think about the movie uh, Castaway with Tom Hanks. I don't know if you saw that. Okay, so this FedEx employee is his plane crashes and he's (laughs) on this stranded island. And um, he's there and he's he's going berserk because he's alone in this um, soccer ball washes ashore. And he I think he had, you know, an injury. So he literally uses his blood and he paints a face on the soccer ball and the ball becomes his best friend. And it's all he had. Okay. Sometimes in life we use what we had. And in his case, the soccer ball was everything to him. And, you know, I think we all cried when the ball like went off his raft and, you know, spoiler alert, everybody, if you haven't seen the film, but when it washed away, we, we cried too. We cried with him when it, when it washed away in the ocean. Like he was like, I think he would rather be attacked by sharks and go after the ball rather than live without it. But literally, I mean, 
a pet of any kind is your friend and it matters and it's, it's your other person. And so I think it's so important even in socialization and, and social isolation, isolation yeah. um, that we have somebody if we can safely do it. And for some people it's a hazard. They would trip on it or they can't ambulate and they can't, you know, properly care for it. So. Right. Excluding well, those situations. I live alone outside of my dear, dear, dear dog, Moo. Now, Lou has lost her hearing, and she's blind. Mm -hmm. So we're both aging. But she is so happy. I mean, I probably got in on the floor and rubbed her tummy and did more loving on that dog. Right. (laughs) Just simply, and it made Mm -hmm. me feel better. Mm -hmm. She was very happy because I hadn't been quite that type of owner. I mean, I, I was, but, you know, we get so busy in our own stuff. We yes. don't realize sometimes. I mean, and so you needed her more then, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. And so it was wonderful. But I've always said that the unconditional love that an animal has is one of the greatest gifts mm-hmm. that we can have. It just makes us so happy, you know? Yes, yes. So and- and- but you are talking about, you know, I loved your intro that people need to make a decision. And I feel like, you know, we have two, perhaps three groups right now. Um, you know, the question has, you know, the lifelong question we've always had, um, mm-hmm. to be or not to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now it's to wear or not to wear. Um, so, um, we, I think we have the mask wearers, the non-mask wearers, and, and maybe we have a third group and that is those who don't know how to sew or haven't found their mask yet and they're just not sure what to do. Yes. And so um, they're looking at the 50-50 and saying, never mind. You know, there's 50% of them like not wearing, so I'm just yes. going to go with them. Um, but when you're on an airplane, what do they say? Well, not anymore, probably. But um, they say. <laughs> Don't um, use their mask. Go for your own. Yeah. Um, I think you have to wear a mask now. But they, they always said, put your mask on and then help others. So I think we need, you know, to think about, you know. Masks, I will tell you firsthand, I'm grumpy in my mask. I am, but I wear one. I'm grumpy because my sunglasses are fogging up, okay? (laughs) The thing slips, all right? There's a barrier. I can't see because it's like I feel like a racehorse with blinders on, all right? Like I'm probably running into people with my cart, but... (laughs) I can tell you that I feel better in it. And I feel better when everybody around me is wearing a mask because I do know this. Mm-hmm. Other than the people I may be hitting with my cart, it can't hurt. Right. It's annoying. It's frustrating. But if we all wear one, it can't hurt. I have a suggestion, Holly. Yes. It was very important to me to get a mask that I like. It has to be pretty. Oh, yes. Beauty is very important to me. Yes. And so I had the most beautiful one. And the other one, I have two types. Uh, you should have types. Do not wear those horrible white blah masks. Mm-hmm. Come on. We're spending a lot of time in these things. And we should be snappy when we put them on. Well, yes. This is part of aging gratefully. Joyce Buford is going on, on record right now and saying wear a statement mask. Yes. It's important. <laughs> so then they don't say, why are you wearing a mask? They say, isn't that a pretty mask? It's fashion now, right? Yes. Absolutely. 
but it's changed my whole attitude about it. I'm not embarrassed to wear that mask. Mm -hmm. It's pretty. And it's Mm -hmm. also helping me. So I believe in that. That's Mm -hmm. important too. And you know, I mean, times are different now. And, you know, I think that we are forever um, going into a new era and uh, the world has decisions to make and each individual does too. Yeah. Well, Holly, this is coming to the end. I have a very short time to say goodbye, but it has been just delightful to have you here. I think your work is so important. It's, it gives so many people what the inevitable trip, making it easier and to love our, our seniors and love where we are in life and realize it's a good time, right? Oh, well, thank you. You are a beautiful soul. Thank you for the love and light that you bring to the world. It has been an, an honor to be on your show. Oh, thank you, Holly. Mm-hmm. What a well, lot of fun. We're, yes, we really want you to go out there and get her book, um, Sunrise and Sunsets, Final Affairs Forged with Flair, Finesse, and Functionality. Yes. So thank you for being here. I've so loved the time with each one of you out there listening to this. It's very important. I know that that you're there, that I can bring you information that helps support your life changes. And I just thank you for showing up every week. So I hope you'll take some of the great suggestions Holly gave us today, work them into your loved one's lives and make their life richer as well. So thank you for being here. I look forward to seeing you, hearing from you next week, and have a great week. Remember to play, as Holly has suggested. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.